Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development. And each week we invite listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic update from our in-house economics team. We're recording this podcast on a Thursday due to the famous Ecoday public holiday happening in Brisbane this coming Friday. Good morning to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Matthew, before we get into the economic data, it looks like Queensland's chances of hoping the AFL Grand Final are looking particularly strong given that unrelenting barrage Victoria is unfortunately going through at the moment due to one of the world's strictest lockdowns. Yes, hi Craig. Um, it certainly looks the case, doesn't it? But it's not really the sort of circumstances we were hoping for to see a grand final up here in Queensland. Excellent. Thanks, Matthew. Can we please start locally with data coming out this week highlighting the impact that COVID is having on Melbourne's economy, which is feeling the aftershocks of the lockdown, the related curfews, and of course, those business restrictions. Can you please talk us through the headline data and what's driving these results? Well, yes, Craig, this week's data showed that jobs continued to be shared in Victoria while job growth stalled in the rest of Australia. In addition, consumer confidence took a major dive, almost falling back to its April level when Australia entered a a national lockdown. And both these data refer to the period before Melbourne entered the current Stage 4 restrictions. And Melbourne's Stage 4 restrictions represent the strictest lockdown measures Australia has seen so far and currently are among the strictest restrictions in place anywhere in the world. And they're much wider in scope than our previous lockdowns. This means that many businesses that largely escaped the worst of earlier lockdowns are now forced to close or curtail production. For example, all retail stores, except those considered essential, must close or offer only online services. Uh, This means that many retailers that saw resilient sales in the first March-April lockdown, such as homewares, electrical goods and hardware stores, will no longer be able to operate their physical stores. Uh, Most manufacturing businesses will also uh, have to cease operations and others will have to operate at reduced capacity, such as uh, meat processing operations, which must scale back to two-thirds capacity. Also, warehouse and distribution centres are limited to two-thirds of their workforce working at any given time, uh, while the construction industry is limited to a maximum of 25% of workers on major construction sites. So as the Stage 4 restrictions begin to bite, we can expect the economic data to continue to deteriorate. Thanks, Matthew. And of course, Daniel Andrews has been copying a little bit of criticism currently, uh, but you have to appreciate the gravity of some of the recent decisions he's been making on behalf of the Victorian economy. Matthew, you referred to that consumer confidence survey just earlier, and I believe you're referring to the Westpac one. Its impact on the Victorian economy is, of course, spilling over to the rest of Australia. Can you talk us through that, please? Oh, yes, you're absolutely right to focus on the hit uh, to the national economy uh, because although the outbreak and the lockdowns have so far been fairly well contained to Victoria, the economic effects won't be as well confined. Uh, Border closures and hits to domestic tourism, supply chain disruptions and confidence effects from the lockdowns in Victoria will also weigh uh, on the recovery elsewhere in Australia. The other states have closed their borders to Victoria. Queensland up here have also closed its border with New South Wales. And these restrictions will amplify amplify the hit uh, to growth emanating from Victoria alone. Thanks, Matthew. And whilst the equity markets continue to hit record highs on those forward-looking vaccine hopes, does the day-to-day situation playing out presently in Victoria and emerging in New South Wales mean that your economics team is starting to revise their Q3 forecasts? 
Well, yes, Craig, the swiftness and severity of the uh, newly imposed restrictions in Victoria is showing us just how quickly the outlook can change in uh, this pandemic environment. Uh, after lowering our real GDP forecast uh, to just 1% growth for the September quarter, just two weeks ago, as uh, Victoria entered the stage three restrictions, we have now revised our national uh, Q3 GDP forecast down a further one and a half percentage points due to the stage four restrictions. This means uh, we now expect Australia to experience a contraction of around half a percent in the, in the September quarter, with the total economic impact of the stage three and stage four restrictions in Victoria now around 2% of national GDP. And this amounts to a loss in national economic output of somewhere around $10 billion over the quarter and will be enough to see Australia experience three consecutive negative quarters of uh, real GDP growth. And in fact, we didn't even see three negative quarters of GDP growth in the last recession of 1990-91, and we have to go back as far as 1982-83 for the last time uh, we actually saw three quarters of negative growth in a row. This yo-yo theme of regional lockdowns, Matthew, reopenings followed by renewed outbreaks isn't unique to Australia, is it? If you look across the global economy, you see aspects of this problem resurfacing in a number of other countries. So what does this mean for the outlook globally? And is this the natural second phase of the combat? Well, Craig, the, the global data has confirmed uh, a strong bounce in May uh, May June as economies reopen, but the pace of recovery is starting to slow in July and August. And the global recovery you know, it's clearly bumpy, it's uneven, and it's dependent on COVID trends. Uh, US headline data show the economy is still recovering uh, as we speak, but high frequency data suggests slower trends in July and August. Nonetheless, the US GDP growth at this stage is still tracking around 4 to 5% quarter on quarter growth for Q3, following a 9.5% quarter-on-quarter drop in the June quarter. Uh, and, a, and an even stronger rebound is looking likely in the Eurozone and uh, the UK in, in the third quarter, following the more stringent lockdowns, which saw growth drop in Q2 by 12.1% in the Euro area, and likely to be around a whopping 20% in the UK. But the rebounds in growth in the US, UK, and particularly Europe will come, I think, at a very high cost. Unlike Australia, these economies had a much more rapid reopening of their economies. In Europe, borders were largely reopened under political pressure, and in some countries such as Spain, Italy, Greece, uh, just to name a few, due to their dependence on summer tourist trade. And this led to what looks like second wave outbreaks in many European countries, including Spain, Belgium, Netherlands, Poland and Greece, and in other countries, rising trends in, newly uh, in new daily cases um, in countries such as UK, Italy, Germany, France, Switzerland, Norway, just to name a few. Uh, closer to home, uh, even looking at New Zealand, which had seemingly eliminated the virus, Auckland has gone into hopefully a temporary lockdown. 
just showing how hard it is to maintain a reopening of the economy, even when you have closed your international borders. Yeah, and the situation in New Zealand is a bizarre one in terms of how it might have been uh, imported into the country with regards to uh, potentially through trade. Uh, and I did note the way you sort of highlight there that summer trade or summer tourist trade outcomes for Spain, Italy and Greece, Matthew. So it does, again, reinforce some of the brave policies being made in Australia when you think about Queensland locking down its borders through what would be their peak season with regards to tourism. So where does this all leave us in terms of how you're seeing the economic future? Is the bounce back under threat because we've all been a bit too optimistic, Matthew? Well, I think so, Craig. What these second waves and rising daily case rates mean is that the optimism associated with the reopening of the economies following the first wave lockdowns was excessive. And we expect downgrades uh, to the global outlook uh, will continue, especially as we enter the Northern Hemisphere winter, where the spread of the virus could increase further. Until we find and distribute a vaccine, we will have to live with COVID. What does this mean? Well, it means intermittent lockdowns, it means supply chain disruptions, and it means limitations on international travel. It also means that economies will not be operating at full capacity. And in that world, the limits of fiscal and monetary policy will eventually be sorely tested. And in a world in which fiscal and monetary stimulus uh, is no longer enough to keep economic growth afloat. The current optimism characterising the equity market will also be sorely tested. But, uh, Craig, I think that's a discussion for another day. Are uh, you tempting me there, Matthew? Of course, this could all change really quickly with a vaccine. But in the meantime, living with these local outbreaks will unfortunately be living as usual. Matthew, thank you for the early economic update for this week. And while stimulus measures and vaccine hopes continue to drive those global equity markets, we see the significant impacts of COVID right across Australia with its stifling impact to economic activity, particularly highlighted by that $10 billion hit to national GDP you had mentioned earlier. And with the need for fiscal and monetary policy to work effectively together like never before, we look forward to continued policy certainty from our political leaders, including for our superannuation industry. If you would like more information on what was discussed today, please reach out to your local QIC relationship manager. Thank you for listening. Please look out for our next QPod on Monday with the Market Moments podcast and have a super day ahead.